You're listening to All to Play For, brought to you by Joe and Coral. Welcome to All to Play For, brought to you by Joe and Coral, with me, Smithy, and the magic man, Joe Cole. Joe, I'm going to get straight into it. Yeah, I'll get in straight away because I've got a plethora of stats about this man. Joining us today is the greatest goal scoring midfielder of his generation. Listen to this Chelsea's all time leading scorer with 211 goals, 29 goals for his country. He's also England's high scoring midfielder, the top scoring midfielder in the Premier League history. He's won three Premier League titles, four FA Cups, the League Cup twice, the Europa League once, and of course, he lifted the Champions League that night in Munich. It was also runner-up in the Ballon d'Or. To top it all off, he's got an IQ of over 150 and an A-star in Latin. Okay. Is of course, super Frank Lampard. Frank, <laughs> did I miss anything out there? No, I'm just a bit disappointed with three Premier League titles. Are you? We should have won more than that. Yeah, you still look back on that and look at... I do, do you look, look back bit. on what you didn't achieve then? Because you've achieved pretty much everything there is. I think that's what we do, Joe. It? Football yeah. Sometimes those bad nights or moments yeah. are the ones that stick in your head. They shouldn't do. I'm joking. Yeah. Not really. I'm, I'm say that, actually. Yeah, yeah that they, they stick in your head. Yeah. Um, you two know each other yeah. so well, of course. Teammates, West Ham, Chelsea, England. Joe, first memories. Talk me through the first time you met Frank. Um, I think I was really young and he was playing in the Youth Cup and I was going up to watch so I was up in Liverpool so you and Rio and I just remember you know you did, I watched him play with remember Lee Hodges mm, mm. and Lee Hodges was the superstar at the time mm. and, and Frank was uh, playing play midfield but Lee was like a, a, a genius of a player and then I got to play with him when I used to come back from Lillyshaw and he was already in the first team Frank and I just remember seeing like the the work ethic and the talent and that was the great thing about West Ham at the time because I could see Frank and Rio just there ahead of me in the team. So it was, it was almost like, okay, like the bar's been set. I know what to do. I, kn- I know how to get there. You know, and yeah, so it was just the quality, first of all, on the pitch, but the work ethic was just unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah, so many players yeah. say that about you, Frank, the work ethic you had and, and, and training behind. I was going to ask a similar question to you about Joe, really, that your first impressions of, of, of meeting and working with him. Yeah, um, the, the one I remember, Colin, I don't know if this is our first time that we met, yeah. I don't actually think I actually met you at this moment, but I remember when you were playing a game, you must have been under 14s or something. I was in the yeah. team, was a mm. couple of years older, as we know, and uh, and Harry came and called us out and said, everyone's got to come and watch this kid who was wow. playing in this game. So we went out onto the pitch at Chabalif yeah. um, and watched this kid, and all of a sudden we've seen him, and he's literally amazing through everything. <laughs> he's doing the full repertoire of tricks. And I'd heard, I'd heard whispers about you before, yeah, that, yeah. about the, the talent that you had. Um, and yeah, so I just remember seeing it was a massive impact. It wasn't just me, me and Rio, and it's to the, some of the older players. Like, oh, yeah. Look at this kid who was doing all these things, and yeah. that was Joe's arrival. And I, because and I, I, Harry was my uncle, I knew the work was going behind the scenes. Harry was like, "We've got to try and get this kid. There's no chance we're going to get him. Man, you want it? Yeah. Uh, Fergie's got him on the bus and all this sort of stuff, yeah. whatever it was." And um, so I was a bit like. I want him to come. I don't mind if he don't because <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit like, if he's going to be doing stepovers and beating five players <laughs> in a couple of years, so I'll be back out of the team. Because I was like, you talk about work ethic. I was probably, I think I, I was, a, I think a good player in the youth team. Lee Hodges was, was just yeah. one everyone was talking yeah. about. Manny on me, me was playing. He was fast and that, yeah. and it was getting. They, they were sort of sneaking in the first team before me. Amrio did, so I was sort of stuck in my own little world of trying to you know, do all the things I felt I needed to get better. And I did have a good work ethic, but you came over with that talent. And obviously, I think you you certainly had that work ethic as well. I don't mm. know if we affected you a bit. I yeah. certainly loved that environment. My dad used to push me, but mm, I remember yeah. Rio doing headers because he was at yeah. number 10 converted to a centre-half. The coaches were on him, you need to toughen up, you need to be able to head it. Yeah. And Rio used to do loads of that. Do you know what I mean? Rio yeah. used to come across as quite a laid-back 
kid, but yeah. people don't realise sometimes the thing behind that, Coley can do all those step overs, but the things behind that, yeah. there's a load of work ethic, don't always get the same. That's, that's spot on. And I think, like, the environment, I'm, some of the sessions that Frank's dad used to do, remember that one he used to do the cutback one, mm. right? And, and Chabonif was a bobbly pitch. I, I don't know if it, I, I did it with the lads. And I used to say, when I was the coach, I said, look, Frank used to do this one all the time. Yeah. And the amount of top players I'd coach in the youth team We'd gone on, I wouldn't name names embarrassing that couldn't do it. Yeah. And he would just like, do you remember, you cut back mm. and you get your body over it. Mm. And then how many goals did he score like that? Yeah. So you see the work behind the scenes. And one thing that all top players have, Rio the same, Frank, all the great players I've been lucky enough to play with, they've all got that. That's the mm. one thing that you can't. So when I see a young player and if I'm coaching him and he hasn't got it, it frustrates me. When I see him leave the pitch, when you blow the whistle for training and they all go off, mm. I can't get my head around it. Really? It blows my mind because mm, yeah. he was out all the time. I was out all the time. And Frank was in the first team as well, still doing it. Remember you get the spikes on, Frank? Mm, mm. used to get spikes on and do sprints because he wanted to quicken his feet up. Ex- like, extra hours extra after training. Extra hours done, after yeah. training, yeah. off his own back. It was like, yeah. So, yeah, I think West Ham at the time, it did affect yeah. the younger players. And Carrick as well. Mm, Mickey, yeah. we watched them so we could see it happening. So question I want to ask both of you, actually. Could you both... I'll ask you first, Frank. Could you both tell each other we're going to the very top? Because you must have been around so many talented individuals that might not have made it because of ability yeah. or, or because of attitude. Could you both yeah. tell that you were going to go to the top the first time you saw each other play? I, I'll, I'll say because Frank will be probably humble about it. Because when Frank, young age at West Ham, when we were playing together, and, and you know, you know, people were saying oh, maybe he shouldn't have been... To, I was playing with him and mm. he was the best player on the pitch in the games mm. scoring goals always and in training he was still he was he was the player I looked up to to, to try and learn because I was a street footballer so I needed to learn Frank was brought up in an environment of our, his dad was a player so he, he, he was so well drilled and yeah. well scored on it and I used to look at him and think like, how's, he, how's he scoring all these goals so I, I scored 104 goals in my career and I reckon I would have only got half of them if it weren't for like because I used to be I used to watch him. Where's, how does he do that? Mm. Do you know what I mean? So I used to be like, so even in the younger age at West Ham, when he's, he's years at West Ham, he was probably uh, one of our best players yeah. in the team, without doubt. And could you tell as well when you first saw Joe, you thought this this kid's going to go all the way? Yeah, for pure talent, definitely. Yeah. But I was one of my strengths, I think, as a young player was I had a real fear that, that I wouldn't make it. Probably my dad. <laughs> my dad would yeah. have always said to me, I only one in a, whatever make yeah. it and if you mm. don't do all the sprints and you don't, do, you won't make it. So, that's, that, that actually it's with me to this day in different, different forms in football. So, yeah, I, you were the most outstanding talent. Joe was the most outstanding talent, without a doubt. I really? got anywhere near in that sort of um, growing up process. Leo just were good players. Joe yeah. came along and it was a different ball game. But you, we were not naive at the time. You don't know what the steps of mm-hmm. the ladder are. But it was, it was very evident that you were going to get your foot in the first team. And then the rest is down to you. Because yeah. like, mm-hmm. the player you were when I left West Ham, you talk about being a street player or whatever. Mm. Um, maybe when you first got in, because people were so surprised to see you try and do things on the halfway line as a midfield player that mm. you probably shouldn't do. Yeah. Coaches would go, you shouldn't yeah, try and yeah, do that. Yeah. And people would go, but you know, be fair to Harry, he would have probably gone, no, do it, express mm. yourself. Yeah. So it was good for that stuff. But then... You then do need to learn, okay, well, maybe you can't. When you go to Chelsea, there's a different level. When you get the armband at West Ham, okay, now I have to be a yeah. personality. It's all those little steps yeah. Yeah. along the way make you into the player you become. Yeah, so we spoke about West Ham there, some unbelievable players you had. Obviously, Frank, you made the move to Chelsea. Mm. Um, I want to talk to you about the, the time when Roman Abramovich took over from Chelsea. What was mm. that like from a player's perspective? Because on the one hand, you're thinking we're getting a plethora of unbelievable mm. players here, but are you also fearful for competition for places as well? Is there a bit, bit, of, bit of both? It was that? surreal. It was, was it? it was surreal completely because my first year or two at Chelsea, 
obviously we, we were struggling for uh, for funds. There was sort of the club being sold, administration, a few things just before yeah. Roman came in. So we went from being a bit nervy about that as a player that, oh my God, I might get shoved out somewhere in a negative way to mm. being all of a sudden quite excited. But at the same time, you worry about what's going to happen. I was on holiday, I remember in America, and when I heard the news, and it was, I didn't know who he was, never heard of him, yeah. but it was exciting, but it was scary at the same time. Yeah. And then when he landed at Harlington, our training ground at Chelsea, in his helicopter, straight away, you well, it's different. Do you know what I mean? The helicopter <laughs> just stops training and he comes down and he looks around and he hated yeah. it. And he spoke through Eugene, who was with yeah. him, who spoke good English at the time. He's number, number two or associate. Yeah. And, um, and he said, this is all going to change straight away. Yeah. Really? Yeah. When you say everything. 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 Yeah. It, was yeah. a, it was a Kazi Harley. This is the worst training yeah. ground in the Premier League. Yeah. Like, no, nobody got showed the training ground before you signed. Yeah, like, it's signed, on and come and have a look. Yeah, because yeah, it's windy, <laughs> the planes took off every two seconds, the university yeah. used to come yeah, and get changed in the afternoon, so we all had to leave to let yeah. some 18-year-old kid with his stock down his ankles <laughs> come in and play. Marcel Dessay was like, I've got to shoot in his Ferrari. Some little kid. It was just, it's just where the club was. And Roman came in and said, right, this will go and he was right and then the club changed in two seconds and mm. and fortunately it went in a really positive way you know, not just for me but for the club it changed the face of it yeah do you remember Lance because you, you was a main so you left West Ham you played every game for Chelsea more mm. or less you know you settled in and then mm. I come um, all these stars came and there was a game I can't remember what it was but you and JT mm. weren't playing yeah so what game was that it was in the Champions League it was in um like Slavia Prague, something like that. It was in yeah. Europe and it wasn't, it wasn't a top team, but it was our first game. So we'd qualified for the Champions League the year before, just before Roman came, yeah. which, which sort of saved the club, as they said, beat Liverpool yeah. last game. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. Um, and then when we, then they started bringing in McAlealy, all came in, mm. Veron, all the players yeah. came in, yeah. Joe yourself, and like, so it was like, okay, this is good, but let's have a look at it. And then the first Champions League game, which was the one, everyone was looking at it, going, okay, yeah, what's, yeah, what's Ranieri going to do yeah, here? Is this yeah, going to change yeah, yeah. the face of it? And we <clears> sat on the bench, me, John, and Ida, Ida Good Johnson, yeah. who had been. Wow pivot all the years before yeah. and getting yeah. us where we were and we, we all had the arm we sat there and we yeah. were like what's happening it? we yeah. sat in our rooms after the game going what's going to happen and uh, I think I don't know if I came on sub in the game but anyway it changed but at that point we were like well no this didn't, it didn't look good <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean could you imagine then looking back on that moment you sat on the bench in the, in the early parts that Chelsea would go on to be so dominant and win so many trophies um, not yes and no not at that point it was, yeah. it was exciting because I'd never been part of a of an environment or a club that actually goes and wins leagues. Yeah. You don't know what it is yeah. until it becomes you. And we mm. didn't, I don't think we knew until Mourinho came in because even that last year with Ranieri, who I've got so much time for, he brought me to the club. The players were coming in. It still felt like a little bit of a mixed bag. We got through to the mm. Champions League semi-finals, but yeah. I don't know if the feeling was really there that we're going to be absolute really? winners here. Yeah. Yeah. But then when Jose came in, it was like, right, we're going to be winners. And we'd had a year, another year of stability and we all felt a bit bigger, I think. Mm. And, then, and then all of a sudden I thought... Yeah, we, we're gonna we could take over a little bit. What did Jose change then? Because, like you said, you had great players, you had a good squad. You, you just said there you're full of praise for Ranieri. So, so, was it more of a mindset that Jose changed rather than a philosophy of how you played? Yeah, for me it was. It was. Yeah. I don't know if Joe will have a different recollection because I don't remember too many things in my game that he said. Frank, do this and right. that, minute detail. What he did do for me was put. A, set up a team that really suited me and yeah. it worked for me because I had Makaleli all of a sudden behind me yeah. I'd always been in a pretty flat 4-4-2 with Ranieri yeah. all of a sudden now I had Makaleli I had another midfield player so I, I could do what I want but I could get involved deeper at the pitch I could arrive and that really worked for me the rest of it was mindset with me it was it made me talk to me up as a player mm. sort of drag me up and try with self-confidence mm. like the things that, the way he walked around the pre-season in America we went to Seattle I think we were yeah 
And I was like, this fella's unreal. Like, he <laughs> yeah, thinks he's, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, he yeah. had a different thing. And it, was, and it wasn't strict. It was like a mixture of, I will lift you up, but at the same time, go and have some yeah. cookies in Starbucks and bring yeah. them in. And that was yeah, relaxed. Yeah, yeah. He just yeah. had a real nice mix, didn't he? Where was the, um, where, where was the moment? Because I remember, I don't know whether it's an actual memory where I've imagined when he when he said to you, Frank, I'm sure I was in the showers. And he said to you, <laughs> You're the wide something, something. You're the best player in the world, or the mm. best midfielder in the world. Mm. Like, and again, at that time in your career, Frank, it's probably, I don't think the people had quite appreciated you as much. Like, mm. it wasn't regular for England at no. that time, was you? No. So, for him to, how did that feel for him to say that to you? It was amazing. We were in, I think we were in Seattle, and yeah. we were in Seattle at the, the training that the, uh, the, uh, NFL team we used to train beautiful training yeah, ground Sounders Seattle yeah, Sounders Sounders yeah. 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 so we were training there and it was amazing and uh, we'd had a training session and we'd roast and I remember it was hot and we were in there and he came in and we were you know getting showered mm. and, and he just said it to me as you say as brazenly as that and, and I wasn't because at the time he said you know people like Zidane have got medals you need to get medals to do and I'm like you're 20 Zidane now <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. like 24 whatever yeah, and yeah. felt nowhere near it but it was obviously I think, <clears> I, I think he meant it a little bit as yeah. in, he could see the potential that I might be able to sort of lift right. a level and go to mm. somewhere near that. Um, and some of it was probably mind games, which I understand yeah. that because I've been a manager. It doesn't mean it's a lie. It's not like it's complete nonsense to you. But at times you need mm. to find the right way to, to motivate a, yeah. a player. And it, it's funny you say it because I, I remember a couple of days after that, we played Celtic in the first game of that pre-season. Yeah. Yeah. And I had the, the biggest nightmare ever. Really? I had 45 minutes, half just to fill your right. way in. And I couldn't park, I giving it away. I was trying things. Yeah, because he right. said to me two days before, yeah. I remember going on the pitch yeah. thinking, I better do this. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking you going to say the opposite. So I'm getting a Rabona's out on the <laughs> I'll try and cross borders. I was trying everything. Bones. I swear. And I was David Dunn Ravona, yeah. Yeah, it was like, all that. It was like it was it was embarrassing, right? Wow. And he never said a word to me after. And then I had a dinner with him. Uh, it was, I think he was being given an award or something in London, like, yeah. like 15 years later. It was like yeah. not that long ago. And he went, "Do you remember that game?" You no, he didn't. Really? Did he? He called me, really? on, it. Wow. He called me on it. He went, "You were used to." I was like, "Yeah, I was." And I really felt bad about it because you just yeah. boosted me. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was brilliant at that time. Do you know what I remember about that game? Um, we played a. It was so hot when it was like 110 degrees, yeah. and Big Johnny was just as his first game. His, Big John Arson was yeah. playing for Celtic, Celtic, and I remember yeah. I was standing next to him, mate, and he was <laughs> he was beetroot. I thought Big John ain't going to make it out of this half. Someone get him. And I was chatting to him afterwards, and he was like, "Just got back from like Marbella yeah. for two months. He could. His, his head was so red. I was worried. It's really? the only time I've been concerned about a player's health on the pitch. <laughs> he was about two stone overweight. Love I remember it. the game. Yeah. I was just want to ask you the same question, really, Jose. Your relationship with you. Could you, do, you, do you understand a lot of what Frank was saying? The man management side of it and how yeah. it used to, to positively affect yeah. the game. Well, listen, this, that's why he was probably a genius, like because he, he probably looked at Frank mm. and probably thought sort of a, the potential and probably thought he needs that. With me, it's completely opposite. Really, really. <laughs> he abused, like he abused me. The night really? we talked about it. Yeah, we have. I always had a good relationship with him. Yeah, and I always had like. He's quite honest with you. You've said to me in the past, oh, haven't you? Brutally honest. <laughs> yeah. I, like I remember, I remember his first season. I scored the winner against Liverpool. Yeah. And um, buff, and uh, one 0 at Stamford Bridge, and uh, I thought oh, straight out. I've had a great night. I've yeah. done. Like, you cracked it. You scored the winner against Liverpool, and then the next morning the papers were like. He just hammered me for so I didn't track a runner last minute. Yeah. <laughs> like and it was like, yeah, the two faces, the, the beautiful face and the ugly yeah. face, and he needs to do that. And anyway, but that was that was basically our relationship in a nutshell. Yeah. He's, he, he had moments. I remember playing a game. I went through on goal against someone 
Crespo was there. I should have just put it in myself. Yeah. But I've tried to do the no eyes one to Crespo for him to tap it in. Yeah. And then nothing... Uh, We'd won the game 2-0. Yeah. No, no bearings on the game whatsoever. And he come up to me warming Crespo down. Missed, just Crespo missed yeah, it. Yeah, 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 sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry. Crespo missed it. And then the next day we're warming down. I'd had a good game, so you're feeling good. And he just come over to me and said, he said, you fucking bastard. <laughs> <laughs> he said, you'll never play for me ever again. And I was, wow. I was fishing my coffee and, what happened? <laughs> I'm not so random. So, what's going on there? Wow. And then he didn't play me for the next game. I pulled him. And he's like, you, you can't do that. You know, you have to be a killer. And he started talking about players he'd had at Porto. Mm-hmm. And, he's, and then he boosted you up a little bit. Yeah, he's yeah. like, you need to be more better in this part of the pitch and this part of the pitch. Yeah. But that was it. He gave me a little, a little bit of sugar yeah. and a lot of salt. Right, right. <laughs> Did you get that yeah, Frank as well from Jose? Uh, not so much. Not so much. No, no I must have been his like. <laughs> you know what I, mean? I don't know. I a couple of times, late a couple of times, I remember taking a free kick once from like thirty yards. It's one of those ones that's on the angle. Like, should you cross? Could yeah, cross? Yeah. Could shoot? Yeah. And I shot. <laughs> and I, I think it's the same as Coley said. It was like we won two 0 or something. Yeah, yeah. And then he pulled me the next day. And I, but I remember being shocked because he never really did. Yeah. Like, he'd go for a few others. Yeah. And you know, it was his style, wasn't it? And, yeah. you know, it works for some. It doesn't work for others. Yeah. I wouldn't have liked that either. You know, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. You know, I'm, not, I'm sure you didn't yeah. like it, but it's, I didn't like it. Yeah. In a way, then you, mm. you reflect on it and go, okay, mm. I like that. And everyone has their own way of, of coaching. And it's, since becoming a coach, you really, I analyse that side of it, do you? balance it yeah. as much as you analyse anything in the game, as much as you analyse what system yeah. you're going to play, you go, how do I get the best out of these players? And you've got 24 or five of them. Yeah. yeah. They're all different. Yeah. yeah. So, speaking of that, yeah, I mean, I've got some of the list of the managers you work with obviously, Scolari, Ancelotti, uh, Di Matteo, Mourinho, there was Benitez. There's so many that you work with. Would you say Jose had the biggest impact on you as a player, got the most out of you, or, or do you take a bit from, from all of them? Take a bit from all of them, but he definitely had the biggest impact because of the time in my career that he came. I was, I was there. I was ready for him. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I was, he was what I needed. Yeah. Because I was, uh, um, probably a little bit humble, probably a little bit kind of going all right, but not really breaking the line that I could have yeah. done and I think he helped me do that so I think for impact but it's a really hard question because there's so many of them I was actually thinking about it on the way here because sort of, I always mention Carlo Ancelotti at the same time yeah. mm-hmm. because he had a real the, the, the touch that he had with me was a much more kind of friendly touch was it? in a yeah. way and I don't think me and Jose get on really well but just in terms of a, as a player as a manager yeah. um, which I really liked so if you sort of amalgamate the two of them you kind of go yeah that, that and that and the football and the aggressive side of Jose yeah. but he also mm. created a family so those two are the ones but I had two good times with Ranieri he brought me to the club Gas Hiddings I really liked yeah. he made things simple and for me a manager that can make things simple give you a simple message give you simple things through the week to get, to get you to perform at your best is is the ultimate. Mm. Some managers can try to complicate it, yeah, yeah. and they make you start thinking about a million things. So those ones stick in my head. And it's interesting you said there about how you think of it differently when you went, when you go into management compared to when you're a player. Do you, do you take a bit of what all of them did in your own management style, or is it as a manager is it important to have your own style completely? It's really important to have your own style um, because otherwise you'll go all over the place. Right. If you try and be Jose one day one situation and Carlo yeah. the next, like, I think players will see through it. It's not authentic. It's not you. So mm. I think it's important that when you're thinking about how you want to be a coach or manager you kind of get that in order. You go, I like that and I like that. But then you become it because you get, you then get affected by your time as a coach and you mm-hmm. change yourself anyway. So I, I take little bits, but it's important that you're authentic. And the, the, the great thing about Joe's and Carlo, we're talking about them there, is mm-hmm. that 
Joe, it was Jose. He was yeah. very content with being nice to me and, and an asshole to you, or, <laughs> and then, then nice and then an asshole. You know what I mean? It didn't, it's him, yeah. you know, and yeah. that's that's a great thing because actually, you know what? Now I speak to Jose and we're not competitive anymore. Yeah, yeah. He's actually a really good bloke. Yeah, you know what I mean, yeah. and we can talk. But when he's working, he's like, I've got no problem. I've got to get, got to get stuff done. Yeah. And if I need to get mm-hmm. Joe Cole, as I see it, yeah. better to play on the right wing from the left wing, then I'll say this or where. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. We're going to go on to talk about the, the Champions League night, obviously. I'm sure you'll, you'll uh, be fine talking about that, that epic moment in your career. But how, how big was that first Premier League title that, that under Joe's day? That, that must have been a, a huge moment for your career. Yeah, it was, it was big because it was, a, it, it, you know, it broke the mould. It broke the feeling of, like I mentioned, not being winners. It yeah. broke it for the mm, club, broke yeah. it for the squad. You could clearly feel it. We were already we were all in our peak kind of years John John Didier myself yeah. uh, you know we were 20 I bet I know, we were 26 yeah. good timing um, and it was time for us to win something and uh, I remember it vividly I remember it not far behind the Champions League final because of score the goals obviously at Bolton and yeah. stuff at the, the celebrations and the feeling um, was huge and it gave us all a belief it gave the whole club belief even mm-hmm. the fans they hadn't won the league for 50 years yeah so all of a sudden, the, the, the whole landscape changed. Where do you think the Jose? Obviously, when people talk about the greatest Premier League teams, there's so many epic Premier League teams. You've got the Invincibles, mm. the treble winners at United. That Jose team that had, I think, was 15 goals conceded. Obviously, where do you think mm. that ranks for you? Because obviously, you're part of it. Is that the greatest Premier League team? Do you think, or one of them? Where do you think? Can't call it. Around? You can't call it the greatest because I think there are others that have really achieved uh, maybe do more, you, more than yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but. Uh, we would have competed with all the greats. All the greats, yeah. And is that, I don't have to get out of an answer. You know what I, mean? but, <laughs> yeah. and I think I really believe we would have. But then you start yeah. looking at great Man United and Arsenal team, yeah. Invincible, they have a real case. But we were as strong and we could have definitely competed with anyone. Yeah. 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 Unbelievable, that team, wasn't it? Play yeah, it's, un- it's interesting. I-, I wanted to ask Frank, because when you see the teams that he's coached, like the style that, that like, what, what did you, it, it was different. Comparing eras of teams is difficult tough, in any yeah, case, yeah, but like, you know, was the type of players you coached different to how you remembered us being as kids or mm. like young men as footballers? And, yeah. and was it? Did you have to? What was the differences? I think. Yeah, uh, they are. It is different. Yeah. Mm. And um, and very quickly, I think you've got to realise that that's not. It's not a bad thing because yeah. you know, like when you're very sort of set in your ways. And I got brought up with a very old school yeah, idea yeah. of football. You know, the West Ham yeah, yeah. was good, but it is yeah. dated now. And so yeah. you keep the good bits and you move on, but. Players now are surrounded by completely different circumstances. Right. Social media is hugely important to them. The people yeah. around them, the agents treat them differently. Yeah. Um, so I think there are lots of things that you have to understand that, that when we were playing, the situation around us. I'm not to say, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying we were tougher. I start to yeah. sound like a dinosaur. If you yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just think you have to really consider your approach differently. And the an example would be mm. the old. Uh, coaching style that you hear about and people lord it of Fergie throwing mm. boots and Harry yeah. throwing sandwiches and yeah. that and it was great in its time and hair dry treatment Fer- and things Fergie's like that. the best manager of all time yeah. but at the same time if you want to throw a sandwich or a boot at someone now yeah. you'll probably get booted out of your manager's yeah. job do you know what yeah, I mean like, yeah, you've yeah, got yeah. to be careful it could be the first so you ha- you have to treat situations differently yeah. and that's that's I think the way the, the modern world's moved on the football's yeah. moved on it's very important that you understand that yeah. you can't be that dinosaur criticising yeah. they don't clean boots like they did in the old days yeah. you can have those feelings but you just have to deal with it practically they're different yeah. Yeah. different animals no, that's, just, that's interesting because that's what I found as well and and, and you, the job we do when, when I'm on the telly and that you're trying to you're comparing even 10 years ago, I watched a game from 2003 mm. the other day. I don't know, it was on late at night. It was mm. Liverpool against Leeds. Some of the best, great players, Robbie yeah. Keane, Viduca. Robbie Fowler, Viduca, yeah. Stephen Gerrard, McAllister, Carragher. Like, I'm looking at them and the football was insane we were playing. I was mm. like, 
And then you fast forward 20 years and you look at any of the top teams now, Man City, Chelsea, mm. uh, Liverpool, and the way they pass you, like, the football's just... Things yeah, change. Evolve. Football evolves. Yeah. People evolve. Mm. So you have to always be on the front of... You know, you always have to... What's going to make these players tick? Yeah. And I think, you know, it's, it's good to hear that. It's yeah. an, an interesting coaching point on it is that I think... When uh, this is my experience of coming through as a kid, but I never really watched video of myself. I think at West Ham mm, Academy, yeah. bad game was like, you had a bad game, yeah, bit better next week, blah yeah. blah blah. And maybe in the week mm. you get a bit of stick from a coach or something. That that's different yeah. now. Yeah. By the yeah. time the kids, Mason Mount, Rich James, are eight, <clears throat> seventeen or eighteen, coming along to you as a first yeah, team coach, yeah. they've watched themselves the last ten. They they do reviews of themselves every yeah. other week. So the way it's for me to get the best out of them is not to go. Can't believe you did that. You have to show them, show them mm. why, tell them why, yeah. bring them into it. Yeah. Okay. When we when we train coaching, I don't think yeah. you come on and stop them in the middle of the training pitch. Mm. Afterwards, you go, what do you think of that? Show them the video. Like it's just mm. a completely different approach. To them. That's what I would say. Tactically, the young players now are in a better place than yeah. we were. Kind of, I thought for English football. I think we said it on here. I think we was going in the wrong direction for yeah, so many yeah, yeah. years, and that's why me because we talk about my journey. You know, I come from the street. I was a street footballer. Dad did have no clue about football. I didn't play an organised game till I was 11. So I was so different. I was like a, a freestyle yeah, futsal yeah. player. But these kids are so well, especially at Chelsea in the academy, because I worked there for a year. They're so well drilled tactically. It's amazing. So there is certain things that we've improved so much. Mm-hmm. So, yes, it's interesting. Is that a big part of it, Frank? Because I think, if obviously, as a manager, you brought through so many young players. I remember looking at the stats when Derby and Chelsea and the amount of young players that, that you brought through successfully, which obviously I imagine you're very proud of. But how big a part of it is is the social media side, mental health, the, everything that comes with being a footballer. Now, you see images of players after they've maybe had a loss on their phone straight away, which mm-hmm. can obviously can be quite dangerous. Is that, is that a big part of management now that you have to... Because I imagine that's not something you're coached on a training course. No. That, that was one of the hardest things of, of uh, jumping into Derby, particularly as quickly, because I felt ready, but it caught me by surprise a little bit. Right. So there were a little bit, so I'm going to have to think of my feet here a little bit. Yeah. You know, like from being the player sitting in a meeting for 15, 20 years, yeah. it's completely different delivering that. <laughs> is it? is it's it? like the, yeah. the tone you want to strike. Like my first meeting at Derby, I walked into the room and I, was, I, I think if I was to get a video and watch that meeting that I had then I'll probably cringe now and it's really? only two or three years later yeah, because yeah. I felt like mm. I was saying the things sh- my door's always open lads come in come and talk yeah, to me I'm yeah, going to yeah, be yeah. a manager I was retired a couple of years ago and then they kept knocking on my door and I was like get out of the office not again the ones who are playing like that I'm like I said the wrong thing there yeah. but you know like it's so, there, there are so many little things you learn and you continue yeah. to learn but like you're right and on a serious note social media mm. mental health yeah. things that Maybe in an hour, I'm speaking for myself here, maybe, but yeah. you grow up not, you know, you're supposed to shut your mouth, you're supposed to get on with everything, yeah, you're yeah. supposed to not to worry anybody, and yeah. now you have to open up to that stuff. And, and yeah. if it means, it's, it's actually where staff and people around you become very important as well, because yeah. I, I can't be all things to everyone. I'm not, I'm not yeah. perfect at all conversations yeah. and all that. So sometimes you go, okay, what's the environment and the staff and the people around you, and you tap into that. Because yeah. you can't yeah. be best coach, best, you know, uh, psychiatrist, best, you know, like yeah. best sports science. Yeah. So it's, it's, you have to take it really seriously. On that, going back to sort of ending your, your sort of playing chat within Chelsea, spoke, we're going to talk about the Champions League in a bit, but um, the, the, the tougher times, I suppose, I, I think back to the, a lot of managerial changes in that Chelsea era. As a player, how, how tough was sort of, you didn't have many tough times, obviously you won mm. so many trophies, but when, when the managers are chopping and changing so often, how, how difficult is that as a player? Um, I think you do have loads of tough times. I don't think you can have a career like we had over that time yeah. and, and not. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't get seen. You don't recall them so much. Okay. You know what I mean? But um, I, the managers changing, I wouldn't say it didn't bother me so much. That sounds cold. But I think you have to be very 
slightly selfish as a player, which mm. is easy to do in your 20s mm. or whatever, um, and you have to bounce through those things. Um, for me, it would just be things that I found hard were bad periods of form on a personal yeah. level, um, World Cups, yeah. l- losing World Cups, missing penalties. And- Over the line, the one that was never given was, I mean, yeah. that's ridiculous. Things, things like that were the, the things that would hurt me more. More than the other the line was when missing mm. the penalty because it, you, right. you just take so much on yourself yeah. with it. And I know you would have mm. been the same as a player, Joe. We yeah. were very driven, weren't we? Like, you yeah. want to just do the best you can for yeah. whatever yeah. reason. It's just what we're built yeah. for. And when you have knocks, they're, they're tough. To- I remember when we... Got knocked out of a World Cup, I can't remember, 2006, got knocked out of a couple. <laughs> but yeah. I remember getting stick for, for months as a Chelsea really? player. Myself, really? John, uh, would that have been you as Ash took yeah. a bit, I remember. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I think you'd had a good World Cup, was it 2010? 2006. 2006. 2006. And I think you got, you know, like you came off it well as you should have yeah. done. I'd missed a pen and, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So, and missed a load of chances. I remember getting told I'd let my country down for six months wow. at every away ground. Yeah. Wow. And I thought about it when, you know, we had the, the Euros this year yeah. with Rashford and Saka and all these things and thinking, yeah. you know, not, not much has changed. Mm. But that, that was happening now. We're just much more aware of it now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, but it's, it, it wasn't an easy period. So yeah. You have mm-hmm. to fight for it a bit, have yeah. support around you, and it yeah. takes a bit of time sometimes. Yeah. You, you know, that's, well, sorry, that's, that's, that's interesting comparisons because, you know, look how far we've come as a nation. You see Saka... Mm. As an Arsenal player getting at Tottenham in a friendly, cheered, yeah. cheered on, yeah. mm. and I remember that now. Just funny, like I remember, and I did get. I remember I didn't get it as much as, as, as Frank and John, but they were the, the the pivotal players at the club, you know. Yeah, so maybe yeah. that came into mm. it as well. Mm. But um, yeah, how far we've we've mm. come as a country, and how we sort of you still see it on social media, but we need to remember that. It's not there in the open, like thirty thousand people booing a twenty-five year old because yeah. he missed the penalty yeah. and abusing him. Yeah. Now it's a little bit over there, so we've come so far yeah. in that way as well. You mentioned England a couple of times. Obviously, I imagine you're incredibly proud about um, your England career. You said at the start, though, you obviously think about a lot of the moments that you didn't get over the line. Does that still hurt you? The fact that with that group of players, you weren't able to win a major tournament. Although obviously you're coming up against amazing teams each tournament. Yeah, it does a little bit, but um, in, in brutal honesty. I don't think we've got close enough, right. really, than what mm, we should have done. Yeah. I, you know, and, and, and I always say this because I think it's so casual to look back and go, that golden generation, which we didn't call ourselves. Yeah, we got yeah good point. And, <laughs> yeah. But, but Spain had a, like, yeah. a platinum generation, do you know yeah, what I mean? Like, we're half decent as well. So yeah. all these teams, and when it comes around every four years or every two, ever, if you yeah. want to count Euros, they're all flying as well. And, you know, yeah. it just didn't work for us. So I, I do have some regrets, but I'd probably have more if we got to a final and didn't quite yeah. do it. We didn't, we didn't get, get close, close enough. enough for whatever reason it was. And, um, and it wasn't for the want of trying. We could yeah. debate that one all day. That's another podcast and more. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm more proud that I just played for my country and played that many times. Yeah. I'd love to have won something, obviously. Yeah. Did you find that, Joe, playing for England as well? Because I remember being in the pub when you scored that epic goal against Sweden and the whole mm. place erupted. And then, I mean, it, when you're playing for England in a major tournament, the whole yeah. country stops, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, like, for me, it was always about playing for England. My mm. fondest memory in my whole career was playing my first game for England. In your whole career? In my whole career, yeah, because, yeah. I, like I said... I wasn't in a football family like Frank and mm. I didn't even watch football on telly till 1990 World Cup so wow. I would have been nine yeah. and I watched Gaza and I remember the moment watching it thinking I want to do that yeah. then getting my ball and going out next day and just practising the David Platt volley or yeah, something yeah. like that so just it was always about playing for England yeah. so yeah but I, again with Frank it's a, it's a regret but we wasn't close enough we realistically we, we were quite a way off it and you can debate the reasons why yeah. tactically we... I think tactically we were backwards in England for many, many years. And yeah. it ain't now. So you've got great young coaches like Frank, like Stevie, like Scott, ex-players. Yeah. Been brought up the, the back end of their career. They've seen some great managers. 
Ancelotti's, Stevie's work with Jurgen Klopp and all that. And then all of a sudden, now we're in the right... You've got an academy system that's working, yeah. producing players like Mason Mount, James Madison, Jack Grealish, proper footballers who can yeah. handle the ball. And, you know, so I think we're on, the, we're on the right way now and I can see success for us in our future. Yeah, the difference in the Euros when you looked at the the players that we have, the options in forward areas, oh, which can just go yeah. by people 1v1. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, I thought about it, because I was doing a bit of media around the Euros, and, and I thought about it when you're thinking about the players they have. They're probably seven options, Gareth, yeah. three positions so or whatever. And I thought back to our days, and I remember the World Cup when Joe yeah. came through and, and mm. did bits off the side and scored a goal against yeah. Sweden. We didn't have players that could do that other than that, really. Not yeah. front-line players. Yeah, it was no. you, and then you kind of go, you looked around, and no disrespect here, but we had a solid team we were 4-4-2. Four, four, we definitely could have done more with, with how we set up. Yeah. But they weren't players that could just change that game. So when we had the little sort of... I remember drawing against Algeria or Ecuador a couple of games. Oh, was that the Algerian game? That was a horrible yeah, the new, new game. game. Yeah. Horrible, <laughs> one of the worst games I've yeah, ever played. Yeah. And, but, but, you know, in a game like that when someone can unlock a door on yeah. a difficult 100-degree mm. afternoon or whatever in those yeah. games, we didn't really have in those forward positions. Which now we're it's a good point, that, because I remember that the, the golden generation you played in, you almost could pick the 1-11. Yeah. In the Euros, I remember seeing... Mate. Not two pundits could agree on England's best eleven. No. Obviously, you know you, a lot of the, the Canes and the, the likes of um, Maguire's you knew were in there. But yeah. there's so many options England had, weren't they? So, it was, which is exciting for England going forward. Yeah, mm. and, and also how young they are as well. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You know, and the, and the generation below it is players as well. Mm. So we we got an abundance, and it's not just think these things don't just happen overnight. This is no. 10, 15 years in the making from academies, under mm. sevens, under eights, under nights, schooling these players, mm. basically saying. Taking when I look at Jack Grealish, I see a street footballer, yeah. but then he's added to his game. He, he, you know, he can, he can he can look after himself defensively. He, he's consistent with his with his final ball. Now he's just like you know, he's, he's put it all together. Yeah. So someone like that, and there's players behind him, Foden. Like it's just exciting. Yeah, a lot of options. I think. Sorry, I'm just lastly on that. I think that process is still happening. Like Joe's 15 years, but that game against Italy was a great example of the mm. final for me because we started so well. Yeah. And then the game turned a bit, yeah. and they got in the ball, and and, yeah. and that will be the best best thing for those players because yeah. you look at look at Italy. They've got 35 year old centre half. Yeah. yeah. They've got yeah. Gigino and Verratti in midfield. Yeah. Yeah. Signature's 30 years of age. They've got yeah. like really good experienced yeah. players yeah. who have played in Champions Leagues and that. Yeah. And then we've got really good players. Declan Rice, first major tournament. Mm. Calvin Phillips, first major. Mason Mount, first yeah. major. So mm. those players, now that's been a yeah. real experience. We've all been in those. Yeah, like, yeah, the game yeah. turns, you can't get it back. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, hopefully in the next two, four, six years, that will, Hold that on, will so help. Looking back at that, Frank, I was, I was watching the game and the, the goal went, I was at the game, the goal went in and I was looking at it and I was, and I was thinking, Verratti and Jorginho, mm. why were we not stepping on to mm. Listen, I'm not criticising Gareth Southgate. We love Gareth Southgate on mm. the show. He's amazing. But I think if, if, if you could play the game again, which happens so much in your career yeah, when yeah. you lose a game, we should have done that. <clears throat> what do you think we should have stepped, put Mason off of Jorginho yeah. and just... Because you can't let Jorginho and Verratti have the ball. Mm. You have mm. to step on to them. So it was a simple thing, but I think going 1-0 up, mm. you, you, you hold on to it. You want to hold on to it. Mm. Just wasn't. Meant I think that that's. I think that I agree <clears throat> completely, and it's so easy with hindsight when you sit and mm, withdrawn yeah. from it. But I, I, when mentally, when you think you won the up, okay, mm. we'll, we'll just hold on yeah. a bit. And then when you're playing a back three, you can become a back five, and even yeah. the wingers become slightly mm. withdrawn as well. All of a sudden, yeah. within five minutes to ten minutes of a the game, they've had a load of passes here, and it look and it feels differently, doesn't yeah. it? And I just think we did maybe that. Yeah, that'll be a bit of experience. It's hard. 
and putting my coaches down on. That's hard for Gareth as well on yeah. the side because that's players trying to deal with situations in game. Yeah, and they've been brilliant through the tournament. And then it just turned on in that game. And again, I think they'll just come back much stronger for it. Yeah, yeah. fingers crossed. Totally agree. I think mm. the future of English football is very bright. Um, it's mm. time now for what really happened. We like this yeah. segment. Had a great story with Clinton on the last one, didn't we, uh, Joe? Yeah. Uh, so what really happened? We pick a moment from your career, Frank, and you give us all the insight of everything that happened. I think you know where we're going to go with this. Nineteenth uh, of May, twenty twelve. Our producer Jack is very excited for you to relive this because he's a huge <laughs> Chelsea fan. Uh, Champions League final. Just, just talk us through. Talk us through the day and the build-up to that. I mean, it, I mean, how are you feeling? Evening game, a lot of times to sort of overthink. I imagine. Yeah, for, for a big yeah. I feel a bit under pressure about this story now. By the way, up <laughs> <laughs> Clinton's obviously. <laughs> Clinton was doing it. What was Clinton on top of a he car was, with Michael Flatley doing? On, a... He was moonwalking on top of a limousine with Michael Flatley <laughs> yeah. after the World Cup. <laughs> Is that right? Okay. Yeah. So were you doing that after the Champions League? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was, I was doing different sorts of things after. Yeah. Kind of. But um, no, well, we, we travelled to Munich obviously the night before, as you do. Yeah. And um, the overriding memory I have of it is a feeling of a bit, little bit of fear of the game really? because we had, I think, four big players out on, yeah, on, remember, on yeah. JT, red card, obviously, from the semi. Vanovic, uh, I think uh, Ramirez yeah, was that. Vanovic didn't play. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, so remember the single play right back, yeah. end up at centre half when yeah. we had to change it around a bit. Ryan Bertrand started in the wing, I Rob believe. Ryan yeah. started yeah. on the left, so. It, um, yeah, Ramirez had been really good, scored at Barcelona in the semi. He got, so we had four or yeah, five biggins yeah, out. Yeah. Uh, David Luiz had, had ripped his hamstring, just got fit back for it. So had Gaz Kate. Right, we, were, we were all over the place a bit. Yeah. Patched you, up. Do you know what I mean? Really yeah. patched up. Yeah. Put it, that's a great way of putting it. And, um, and they were flying. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Ribery and, and uh, Robin. Robin on the wings and uh, Schweinsteiger and mm. Cruz, two great yeah. players who I didn't really get that close to all night. And, uh, but anyway, so we, as we travelled the night before, um, the, the, one of the best pieces of management that I've ever come across from Robert Di Matteo was that he, he's called us in for a meeting to prepare for the game. And instead of being a tactical prep game, it was videos of all our families wishing us luck. Wow. Yeah. And, and it caught us, it caught us all. You didn't see that coming. I didn't see it no, coming at all. Right. Uh, and so, you know, he'd managed to get my two daughters at the time. Uh, re- recording it so I didn't know that had happened but wow. he'd done the same for everyone so it was wow. Gary Cale's dad which was quite funny he was mm. singing a song or something um, and but mainly emotional yeah. young children mm. saying good luck daddy blah blah yeah. blah and we were with tears and all this wow. sort of stuff and emotions come out and um, and I, I remember it so vividly you talk about management and, and, and getting things right with people as opposed mm. to tactics that people come yeah. first um, and and Robbie did a masterstroke there. Um, so then the day of the game again, I just remember being relatively tentative about it. It was roasting hot, really sunny. Yeah. All my family were coming over. Chelsea fans t- t- took over Munich, but yeah. also the Munich fans were great as well. I have to say it was a really yeah. welcoming city for a home team. Um, so there was an, an amazing atmosphere all day, and we were in a hotel very central to it, so we could sense all that. Um, but I, I haven't got any major stories for you because I was. I was a very focused as a player and I was very always intent on never really changing my structure of what I did. So it was always a bit of focus and a little bit yeah. of your pre-match and your sleep and don't get carried away. This is going to be the toughest game. Our last chance to win the Champions League. You think last but, chance, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. I, you know at that time I was 33, I think. Yeah. Didier was just about to leave. He was a bit older than me. You know, We're all getting towards that squad, mm. a big bulk of the squad towards that side of it. Um, so the day was really just full of nerves, uh, nervous anticipation. Um, so, you know, I, I don't recall lots of detail within it. You know, being captain and all those things were uh, were a great honour to me. Yeah. But I was just so sort of stuck in, right, we've got a job to do here. And the, the most um, inspiring thing I remember about the dressing room, remember, was Didier uh, warming up. 
because Didier was just like it was it started to do this routine for all the big Champions League games which in, in that run we beat Barcelona and Benfica and Napoli and Didier just did this sort of 10 minute routine I don't know if he was doing it for all of us because it just mm-hmm. looked amazing but it just looked like an absolute mountain yeah. and he would do running then he would be on the wall and he'd do some things and then he'd <laughs> headbutt the wall or something it was so it was so powerful really there was one of those you just yeah. let him go on with it but you keep looking and going God, like, he's right. <laughs> he's right. Yeah. He might have a chance here today. And, and did he? Did he absolutely? And because as a as a captain, I think I was relatively quiet. I tried to lead yeah, by example. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. a massive shouter. John was much more that natural than me. Yeah. So I was trying to. And when I saw that, I thought I better start shouting because <laughs> <laughs> did he's absolutely giving it loads. So and that was I remember of it. And then just the game was the 120 minutes of. Of pain, really. It was a really, really difficult game. We defended a lot. Yeah. There's a lot of shifting across midfield and trying to get close to people and uh, got got lucky in loads of senses yeah. during the game. And then the, the big man, the big man, because Big Pete as well, Big Pete, yeah. he gets slightly forgotten on the day because yeah, Didier point. takes the thing. Yeah. But he, mm. he doesn't save the penalty, we lose the game. Yeah. So yeah. Lo, to, to win a game like that, loads of things have to go in your favour. You mm. can win a Champions League and not be the best team yeah, yeah. in the tournament. It's the way that the Champions League is mm. cup competition. Mm. Um, but it felt like the culmination of, of 10 years or whatever it yeah. was, of trying to... Um, and then after the game, which was just a party, just partied for a few days. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Christine pulled me about four days after when you got to slow down. Really? Yeah. What, what, were the after, what were the afters like then? We, we, we had the big party in the hotel afterwards where uh, the owner came party. and yeah. Didier was playing. Everyone was in the pool on the roof they had and uh, went through the night. Then we came back and uh, did. You're not bus- knackered when you're like you just spent 120 minutes. Or did yeah, the but keep you going? probably adrenaline yeah. sort of gets you through it, doesn't it? And then mm. we uh, then we come back for the bus parade. Then there was another local drink and evening. And the next day, for some reason, I've arranged to go to a, a, a concert at the O2, which I don't normally do. And it was uh, it was Kanye West and Jay Z or something. <laughs> not really my bag, really. Either, really. <laughs> and it was not the third really day. And, and you know when you woke, wake up on day three and you yeah. kind of go. I fancy this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I managed to managed to go with it, and so I'm at Brilliant. the O2, and then I was out again after that. I think, and I think that was in the next day. Christine, what a story. Went. listen, Lance can Lance can have it. By the way, can he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good on the night out. He's very, like you said, 150 IQ. <laughs> yeah, like you know the Latin and all that. But let me tell you, <laughs> the fact, mate, he can drink. We'll really? probably end up cutting that out, but yeah, he's put me—he's put me in the in a, in the in the cleaners a few times because the thing with Frank, right? If, when we was on a night out, <laughs> he'd be drinking and you'd be going drink, oh, yeah. Then all of a sudden, I'd be like on a table with my shirt off, doing something stupid, and he'd just carry on. You wouldn't even know. He could do an, he could do another really? podcast. You wouldn't even know. <laughs> I've never even seen him wobble. He's like he's. Unbelievable. Love that. Uh, I think that's a brilliant story. I think we're yeah. getting some belters this year. Yeah, uh, did, did you feel, Frank, that you said that you got quite lucky in that one? It, almost, it, it reminded me a little bit of the other Champions League final you and the fact that it went to extra time, went to penalties mm. again. Did you almost feel you were lucky in one but unlucky in the other? Yeah, I think we were. Against Man United in Munich, we, we, we struggled in the first half an hour. Ronaldo scored. Yeah. Um, then we came into it. I scored 1-1. One, one, and we, we, we were the stronger team after that. We, you know... Not, they were a great Manchester United team. Yeah, really, really good and always dangerous. But we grew in strength through extra time and then fate, obviously in a penalty shootout, which can happen, changed mm-hmm. it. So, yeah, I think maybe, you know, football has funny ways of sorting itself out and maybe we didn't get it in that one. We got it years later. And I wouldn't, I'd love, obviously would have loved to win in, uh, in Moscow, but I wouldn't have it many other ways. Munich was so special and mm-hmm. possibly because of the build-up, because yeah, of the pain, because of how it had been. I'd love to have had more Champions League yeah. uh, medals, clearly, but the night was so special um, yeah. that, that I'm not too concerned. And I know that I've spoken to you before in the past, 
But you, you, it was one of the quickest answers of previous interview I did with you, highlight of your career. You said Champions League finals so quickly. It was, it, it, it was though. It, it built itself up, um, losing semi-finals to great Barcelona teams. Yeah. Uh, the Liverpool ones, painful yeah. evenings. Quite know. controversial some of them as well. The Barcelona, I remember there was a lot of penalties. Yeah, the Barcelona one was Liverpool a, one. Liverpool one with a ghost goal. ghost goal. I mean, that feels a long time ago now. I'm not sure about that one so much. It felt painful at the time. Yeah. Barcelona was ridiculous. You know, like it was a yeah. game that we clearly should have had <clears throat> um, a, a few penalties yeah. in, like two or so at least. Um, and they were such a great team. You know, yeah. that, that team was just like, on a different level. They're the best team I've played against by a million miles. Really? But So when you've gone through all that, it, it made the, 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 the final that we won the easily the best I was going to ask you about that it brings me nicely best, you said best team you've ever played against Barca that, I mean, that Barca team was frightening Yeah. best player that you, you played with and against I'm intrigued to know who you'd say because you obviously played with everyone against, uh, uh, everyone against there's two that yeah. I'll say one is Messi because I think he's just the best Yeah. Um, and, and, I, and I feel bad with Cristiano because what Cristiano's done in massive games and winning yeah. finals and stuff I think that's such a tight call but just to play against him I didn't play Ronaldo in his peak right. I played him at Man United and he was getting towards it but not in those years at Madrid where yeah. he was just ridiculous so I didn't really come against him then but I did I feel like I did with Messi and I never got near him and he yeah. was just amazing and um, and the other one is Ronaldinho because in 2005 when we went to the new camp mm. it was my first yeah. encountering of a player on a different planet. Like, really? I don't know. Did you play that game? I played the... I remember... It was one game, wasn't it? Well, yeah, I played the game. Um, and Eto I was, was left on the right. So I was marking I've, with Van Bronckhorst. And mm. Jose was on me all the day. So listen, when Ronaldinho gets the ball Again, and Van Bronckhorst runs, <laughs> yeah. you, you go with him. Yeah. You go with him. <laughs> like, every day. Like, right, boss, yes, yeah, sweet. <laughs> Front the, I've gone, right. So you think to yourself, you know the game. The ball's gone into Ronaldinho. He's pinned someone. I don't know who he's playing against. And he's had the ball. I'm thinking, Bronc- Van Bronckhorst done what I thought was a stupid run. I thought, right, I ain't chasing him. I'm passing him. <laughs> when there's no way. And Ronaldinho went, <laughs> boom, bang, and just put him in my hand. And I just looked over. Oh, fuck, I'm going to get that. <laughs> I'm going to get it. And I'm there chasing. Like, lucky Van Bronckhorst was slow. I managed to get him. Yeah. But like, oh, for fuck. And then, I, you're right. That's the first time played against a player. He was strong like Essien. Yeah. Mm. He pinned me. Yeah. And I was like, what's, like, Really, and he just oh, he was unbelievable, unreal player. Yeah. It was him, him, and him and Eto on that day. But yeah. it, particularly Ronaldinho's movement, speed. Yeah. I was yeah. like, wow, this is different. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that was the one. And, um, so that, them two, as I say, to play against, and then to play with, I've probably got to say John and Didier. Yeah. Can't I can't mm. I can't separate them because yeah. they're, diff- they're so different, but they had mm. so much impact on us as a team. John as a captain. Yeah. Mm. The, the, I don't think he was underrated maybe now, but there's certain elements of his game from the outside that may have been underrated because yeah. he was brilliant at everything, mm. everything as a centre-half. Um, and then Didier because of he turned up always in big yeah. games, always in pivotal games. He yeah. scored amazing goals, influenced people around him, um, had everything as a striker. If you drew yeah. a striker, you draw a Didier six foot uh, strong, yeah. can yeah. touch, can, can shoot, yeah. can edit. Like yeah. at the time, so both of those had massive impacts for me. Yeah, unreal record at Wembley, didn't he? The, the cup final, yeah. big big game player. Uh, Frank, I know you spoke very highly. You love your time at Chelsea. I want to get your thoughts on everything that happened at Derby because I know that you look back on mm. your time at Derby very fondly. Just really, at the time of recording, looks like Derby entering into administration. Your, your thoughts on everything that's going on at Derby right now? Well, I, I the attachment I had Derby in one year, the, the, the how welcoming the fans were in the city yeah. uh, it, was, it was a good year we didn't get to quite to where we wanted to get to but I had an amazing time there and the, the thing that, that struck me when I, when I read the news recently about what it looks like is happening there is the, the people that work at the club behind the scenes because it's a, it's a club with so much history um, you know mm-hmm. so there's only Derby 
that football club in that city. Everyone so so everyone supports Derby. Yeah. And mm. most of the people that work there support Derby mm. and have worked for Derby for this and care yeah. and do so many things for the community. The, the ex-players, older players are all coming to the games. Like, there's something about the club which yeah, I'm so pleased in the back end of my career. I never wanted to leave Chelsea and now I'm mm. so pleased that I managed to go for a year in Manchester City, uh, 18 months in New York really? and experience things because yeah. it, it feels like it was so good for me to just see a different type, a different yeah. type of structure, different people. Yeah. Uh, live in a different city um, and understand that Essex and London is not the world. Do you know what I mean? And I, I was lucky to travel as a player, mm. but you're always in a hotel, so you get bits of it, yeah. but not to actually live and work. And, mm. and so for Derby, Mel Morris cares deeply about that club. Mm. He's invested a fortune into it. And I don't know the current circumstances, but I can only speak so highly of him in how he treated me. And some people would have different stories about Mel. He was amazing for me. Really? Great human side. Looked after me. People that work behind the scenes there, the players that are there, mm. everything about that club. I, I just hope... I read the other day just something on social media that they've sold out their away game they've got next week and next week all the fans are suddenly going yeah. this is our life and it looks mm. like it's in, in, under pressure so I, I really hope that they find the right solutions there because I had an amazing time there Yeah and they're doing alright in the league as well that's, that's the sad thing as Frank says obviously mm. there's a lot of people that are, are going to be affected so hopefully they, they do find a resolution to it but it, it is sad times for Derby fans at the minute Yeah it's a, it's a great club like I so said we, we talk about we don't really know what's, what's going on mm-hmm. but what I would say about Frank when he took the job from the outside like I was like that's a tough job to take for your first straight away for that yeah because yeah. The, the championship's so strong mm. ain't it and, mm. and I knew what people might not know Frank did have a massive budget at Derby yeah. it wasn't like it was Aston Villa mm. where they had mm. players on 50, 60 grand a week so Frank and Jody and they got you know good loans in Harry Wilson to yeah. Maury Mount I watched you play at Brentford I watched you when you was on telly and he just put like you know, what can be achieved mm. on a small budget, mm. it's like it can be done and it looks like Derby are going to have to cut the budget again, cut the budget mm. again just to survive. But yeah, it's a great... I'll tell you a quick story when, when I went up and I'd agreed to, to take the job. Yeah. So I drove up the M1 to, to Derby and went and sat in the, the, um, the manager's office it turned out my first time there and Mel sat down with me and, and I was like you, Joe, I was like, mm. I thought about the job a lot because mm. you want to, everyone says take the job when it feels right and mm. perfect time and all that stuff. It's not, that's not reality. Right. So I took it and, and Mel put the team up and all the players on the board. So he's got the tactics board there yeah. and the names and all that. So I was like, okay, so I'm already thinking I need a bit of, bit of legs, need a bit of youth yeah, and that's yeah. and all that. So he went, okay, Byman, quite quick. I'm yeah, yeah. down and scored a few goals. Yeah. He's going next week to, <laughs> to Bristol. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And then Vidra was championship player yeah, of the year, yeah, yeah. year before, scored 27. Vidra. Yeah. He's going to be going, not sure where yet, but he definitely yeah. be going wow. So he took two <laughs> big dogs <laughs> And I looked at it and I was like, well, oh, okay. All right. We've got, so in, in my pocket, I thought I might have a couple of loans because of yeah, my yeah. connections and those yeah, things. And yeah. I knew we needed youth and energy. And yeah. what Mason and, um, and, and Harry and Fukayo breathed yeah. into that squad was, was legs and quality yeah. and, and freshness. But mm. I also realised that I, I, I underestimated the squad when I had that day because really? when I looked at it, I was like, Mom, okay. Really want to do well here, and I, I think it might be tough because the league's mm. so, you know, I didn't know to be fair. Mm. But then when I worked with David Nugent, Richard Keogh, mm. uh, Bradley Johnson, Craig Bryson, I yeah. found a great experience of working with great pros that worked yeah. in the game for a long yeah. time. And good players give yeah. you everything. And when the yeah. young boys come in, sometimes it can be a bit like older lads and young boys don't yeah, always really. they look at yeah. them and go, yeah. Are they going to come in and yeah, yeah. It became a look, we had a nice little unit for a year, yeah, and, it, yeah. and it works. The young lads helped the older boys, the older boys yeah. helped them. Like yeah. Richard Keogh used to. Um, 
doesn't drive. Don't know why it's dirty on. <laughs> it doesn't drive. That's his choice, I suppose. But Mace used to drive him in every day. Love Mason that. Harry. Yeah, yeah. Mason Harry. Young lad driving together. the old lad. Mason Drewbridge. So they used to have the father-son joke about yeah. them yeah. all the time. Uh, brought Martin Waghorn in was an incredible lad, and yeah. I haven't missed any out there because it was a really good year. Yeah, yeah. And, and it just and it worked. We didn't get there. You, I think you're right. Villa were better than us yeah. on paper and in the final, but yeah. um, we had a right good go, and I, I really enjoyed the year. I was going to ask you about that as well because I think one of your big strengths as, as manager was bringing through so many, giving youth the chance, but then giving these players that have gone on to such mm. huge things. How proud are you of the likes of Tamori now? You know, playing for AC Milan, I saw some great quotes from Paolo Maldini yeah. saying how impressed he is. Mm. Mason Mount starting for England, you know, mm. in, in huge. Huge, huge games. How proud are you that, that you've given these players the opportunity and they're shining on the, the biggest stage? I'm proud and I've got to be careful to... I, I can't own it too much because it's them. Yeah. You know, like Mason, his mm. quality, his attributes, how he applies himself daily is special. Yeah. We talk about yeah. work ethic, Mason's got it in abundance. Yeah. Um, so they've all got their own little stories and I'm just part of that story and the fact that I gave them a chance. And Mason, he helped me as much as I helped him at Derby. Fikayo... Uh, to be honest, was a late one in the loan. I didn't know so much about Fikayo. Really? And when he came in, he was quiet in week one and two and had a couple of games early on. I was, and, and he, he won, won our player of the year. He was immense through the yeah. year. And when I came back to Chelsea, I was like, I, I, I want to put, I want to invest in mm. him. I want to, he did it for me last year. I want to give him the opportunity to play in the Premier League. Yeah. And first year he did great. And it was, it was actually a real, it was a difficult story for me, the Fikayo one, because we had, we had sort of too many centre halves at yeah, Chelsea yeah. when I yeah. came back. Um, in a way, especially in year two, we ended up having five. Mm. Um, and, and I really wanted to help him. And I, I'm not sure he understood that because it's hard at that cutthroat yeah. at Chelsea end and you've got other players. Thiago Silva mm. came in and his experience. So with young players, there are a lot of uh, difficult periods because you can um, promote them into the first team, you can hopefully help their development. But at the same time, you're going to have that. You're going to have ups and downs with them where, you know, a Reese James, for me, is going to be an incredible right back for the next 10, mm. 15 years for Chelsea Good and England. Mm. But last year, there'll be some games you go, Reese, you're learning the game now. You know, you've left yeah. a bit of space inside or whatever it is. Yeah. Other games you go, wow, Reese James, yeah. but it's kids. So, you know, there's a balance. But <clears> I, I definitely felt, uh, at, I, I knew at Derby I'd had a really good time with young players. And when I came back to Chelsea, I had options, but I thought I was very intent on on giving those young players a chance because yeah. the Chelsea Academy, you know, Neil Bath, mm. have worked so, so long to bring players through. And at times it hasn't worked for them for different reasons. Mm. And with the bunch that they had there, I thought that this is time for them to mm. to, to have, a, have a chance to get in there. And, and they all deserve it themselves. You know, whether it's Fikayo going there, now Tammy going to Roma. When you have a little personal attachment to them, mm. kind of becomes bigger than the Chelsea thing. I just want to see yeah. them go and do well now. And Class. if it doesn't work for them now, I yeah. message Tammy. I was so pleased Tammy went to yeah. Roma. I was like, fair play to you. Yeah. A young kid yeah. going yeah, to yeah. when not Great. many English players yeah. have really gone and had it off there over the years yeah. and now Tammy already because I know he's, he's, he's personality yeah. he'll yeah. go there and they'll love him I yeah. hope he does yeah, really yeah, well yeah. in scored, but he's such a good lad so all of those young Billy Gilmore playing now yeah. regularly I watched him playing for Norwich the other day receiving the ball in the tightest area yeah. at every moment he can personality as an 18, 19 mm, yeah. year old player um, so I just I, I'm, I'm proud I'm pleased to say I hope that I wish them all well the lads class love to hear that Joe we're going to give you some uh, some odds with Coral now should we get yeah. into the odds uh, let me know what you think of these Man City 7-4 to four favourites to win the league and Coral with Coral if you fancy Chelsea to take the title they'll give you odds of 2-1 to one now Right. So there we go. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on this one as well. Cristiano Ronaldo to score 32 or more Premier League goals. That's a, I mean, that's a lot, isn't it, this season? 16 to 1 with Cole. Ronaldo is an incredible player, but 32 goals, that's. Can you see that? He's going to he's gonna have to get, be fit for the whole season. He's going to have to play every game. Yeah. I can't see it. As much as he's an absolute genius. He's scored three and four already. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's a genius, but uh, I think that's a tall order. I don't think anyone will, will get 32 no. this year. I think that you have to remember. 
Man United are going to play seven or eight games against the other top four, yeah. five teams, which is going to be so tight. So there ain't there ain't the abundance of goals. Like you'll have to nick a, like maybe a three or four against the Norwich or something. Sorry to Norwich. So you're not having that. You're not having that. <laughs> Uh, do you, what do you think, Ronaldo? Goal-wise? I don't, I don't think it'd be miles away. I think that's no. a stretch. I think he'd be going right into the 20s. Yeah, started yeah. well when he's a machine, isn't he? It'd be interesting to see. OK, uh, right, moving straight on to Coral Football Super Series games. So, Frank, what we do, we pick a game and we ask you to put... Uh, to get your predictions hat on for this one. So, we're going to go North London derby. It's quite a big game for both clubs, this one, isn't mm. it? Arsenal against Spurs. Uh, predictions that we want. Uh, first goal scorer. So, there's four simple questions about this one. Who do you think will score first? Arsenal-Spurs. Usually goals in this game. Oh, 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 I, I, I don't think you can look by Harry Kane, can you? Mm. I mean, I know that people are talking about him not being in yeah. the best of form. Yeah. That's when he always proves yeah. people wrong. Yeah, I just off the top of my head, I'm just remembering great goals he scored in derbies against Arsenal. Yeah, he's he's, he's got an amazing record for incredible goals to game record yeah. mm. uh, for Spurs against Arsenal. Well, what do you make of that when he does face criticism for not scoring? Well, two or three games because he's clearly a world class player. Isn't he, he? he clearly a world class yeah. player, like undoubtedly so, and. I think in the Euros, people were on him in those first two or three mm, games. Yeah. Um, and then he comes good and, you know, becomes the talisman that we know he is. He's going to smash the English record at some mm. stage whenever he wants to. And and my feeling is that how harsh it is that he get, plays the Euros, which is tough, and then he has his break. Mm. Then he, There's no doubt the, the, the idea, would he move and would he not, would have been a bit of a, a thing on him mentally. But then everyone expects him to come in and hit the ground running yeah. straight away, mm. you know. It, it, and maybe maybe the weekend's the time he does it because he's he's brilliant. I've got a lot of time for Harry Kane. Yeah, and people forget as I say, I haven't scored. Yeah, he, he has actually scored in, in European competitions for Spurs, just not in the Premier League. I often feel people forget about that. Um, yeah. First goal score for you, Jay? Yeah, I'll go with Harry Kane, Kane? for the same reasons. Okay, um, very specific this one, Frank. But we do do it each week. Time of first away team goal. So that would be Spurs' first goal. Uh, Twenty. In the twenty-minute zone. Okay, no, I think Spurs with the ground running. Yeah, uh, yeah. Fifteen minutes. Fifteen minutes. I love it. Uh, yellow cards. What are you saying? It's it's a feisty, feisty derby, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. What's the feisty number of yellow cards? Oh, we we did we did five. The, five, 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 five yeah. the um, no. Jack's got all the stats. Do okay. we know that's right? Love it, Jack. Yeah. <laughs> I say six. Six. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'll go five. Okay. <laughs> so slightly less feisty. Slightly, for you, then. slightly less feisty. Take one, a bit card off. Less. Um, finally, how many corners? Cool. And if you get this right, we will obviously let you know. Yeah, you need to, there needs to be a prize for the guests or something. I don't know. Send them a bottle of champagne. Because <laughs> if you nail this, you've done it, you? You've cracked it. <laughs> bottle of champagne, is that... Uh, no, it's not. Okay, uh, corners. I want to say there'll be uh, 10 corners. 10 corners? I think that's about right. It's usually about 11, isn't it? Yeah. I'll Look go at them nodding. Yeah, 11. <laughs> that's it. Great branding, lads. Uh, nine. I'll go nine. Okay, nine corners. Don't forget, you can play along at home. You must be over 18. Head to coral.co.uk. Answers questions correctly to win cash prizes. And, of course, please gamble responsibly. A couple more odds to bring you. If you think Arsenal win 3-0, Coral will give you odds of 22 to 1. Uh, this is quite interesting, Joe. 8 to 1 if you think Spurs will nick a 1-0 victory at the Emirates. 8 to 1. Pretty good, though, isn't it? Yeah, but listen, I, I, can, I can see Arsenal scoring. I, but, um, you see both teams scoring? I see both teams yeah. scoring. I think the bet for me is both teams to score, Spurs to win. I still think Arsenal are way off it. I think Spurs are, are obviously off it, but they're not as far off it as Arsenal. I think Spurs win this game. OK, it should be very entertaining. Game. Thank, uh, Frank, nearly all we've got time for. Thank you so much for that. I just wanted to end by sort of saying your favourite memory of playing alongside. I know that you two are very good mates and you've had fond memories. So your favourite memory of sort of playing alongside this man, Joe Cole? You've thrown that one on me there, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, of it. Um, Probably the, the the goal that sticks in my head was a great day was the goal you scored against Man United oh, 
uh, on the last day of the season. Yeah. We'd already won the league, haven't we? Yeah, was no, we needed a result. We needed need a result. Win. We need to win. Or, yeah, we need to win the we game. We scored early. But we had two games uh, away, up. yeah. And then you shimmied through. Was it Rio? Rio. Yeah, you I tell were, him all the time. I bet you, I bet you do tell him, didn't you? Yeah. I love that goal. Uh, yeah. yeah. I love that goal on celebration. So just, there's loads of like individual. Joe was that sort of player, wasn't he? The Sweden goal, yeah. I remember vividly as well. Sweden goal, oh. Mm. Yeah. What a goal. And Joe, same to you, really. Be, I mean, amazing to have Frank on, isn't it? So I feel like with, with you, Frank, there's so much we could have. We could do this for four hours, couldn't we? We could, like, at least he could do it for three or four episodes. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, Marth, the best moment with Frank. I'm going to go back to the West Ham days. Yeah, okay. Uh, and then the 5 4 game against Bradford, because that was just the insane <laughs> well, that's a random, game. Random, random. No, pick. it's like. Like, we was. Like, this, 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 this game could have a podcast of it. So you had Bywater come in, right? <laughs> Shaka broke his leg kicking a ball. Yeah. Spywater came in and he was all over the gaff. And bearing in mind, he was my youth team goalkeeper and he's a right. character. Yeah. So, like, it was brilliant. And then the game was end-to-end, Paolo off the pitch. And then uh, we were dead and buried. Yeah. And it got to 4-4. And you think, oh, take that. And Upton Park was buzzing. Then Frank, a ball come inside. I think I come inside, popped it off from it. And it comes to Frank and he shifted it on his left foot and put it in the top corner. And, uh, you remember this one, Frank? It was after me and Decano had the penalty. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Oh, yeah, 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 that's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had a wrestle with the ball. I remember that. We didn't speak yeah, about that, yeah. Like cringy yeah. now. I hate watching it. And it comes <laughs> yeah. up now on Sky every now and again. Mm. I've got my curtains. <laughs> wrestling with Paolo. I'm never going to win it. Don't know what I should have bowed out. Do you know that one? Yeah. Do you know that one? Like, you, don't, you can't argue with insanity. Like, there's no way. Like, what was you thinking? There's no way. You would have been there. He was never going to back down. I knew Because Frank's obviously should have took the penalty because Paolo had missed one the week before. But he was never going to win, was no. he? he? He would still be no. there today. But yeah, he cut inside, put it in the top bim, and it was just, it, I don't know, it just stuck out to me. Game, yeah. It's a big Love game it. for... for, Love for mm. Yeah, it was just like, yeah, it was the first time I played in a game as a youngster where I thought, wow, that was going mm, to really? look good. Mm. Yeah, and we didn't mention the curtains, Frank. You just brought it up there. So you mm. say you look back on that and you're not, you're not having it so much. No, no. Frank's I, had two haircuts. You want to, don't talk about haircuts and I've had a few too many. <laughs> <laughs> that was my up until about I don't know low twenties haircut. Yeah, yeah. And I've just gone pretty much this one for the <laughs> love it. Well, I think it's the perfect. We went on haircuts, Joe. I think it's yeah. a brilliant episode that, wasn't it? Yeah, brilliant. Loved Absolutely it. Frank, thank you for coming on. Me. Thank Absolutely you, loved it. Thanks. And that, of course, was all to play for butch by Joe and Coral. Don't forget to find us on Joe.co.uk's YouTube channel and wherever you get your podcasts. See you in a few weeks. You've been listening to All to Play for, brought to you by Joe and Coral. <laughs> 